What type of Christian are you? I'll get back to that. As you know, the texts that I'm preaching on during this time of Epiphany are from 1 Corinthians. Last week was the first one from chapter 12, and we learned about the unity of the Holy Spirit and the diversity of spiritual gifts that He gives to each one of us. I'm looking at the reading for today, which follows right after last week's, and it doesn't sound much different. What more is there to know? But when you look a little more closely, there's plenty more to learn about. Paul is, well, uh, he's got more to say about the church as the body of Christ. He continues to develop his thought as he's being inspired by the same Holy Spirit of whom he's talking about. Uh, This reading drove me a little frantic this last week. Actually, it took me a long time to settle on one thing to talk about in 15 minutes or less. I mean, there's a a lot to take in here and digest. To make things even more frantic, on Friday, when I'm supposed to be about done with putting this message together, I come across an opinion article on CNN by Guthrie Grave Fitzsimmons titled, Christianity's Future Looks More Like Lady Gaga Than Mike Pence. Well, that got my attention. So I read it, several times, in fact, because I really wanted to understand what this guy was saying. Guthrie opens his article with the question, what type of Christian are you? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? I mean, when I thought about it, I thought, well, I would hope I'm the type of Christian who wants to follow Jesus in his mission to baptize and bring along more people to heaven. Yeah, right? (laughs) I hope I'm the type of Christian who remains faithful to the end and not get tired of the whole thing and fall away like so many others have. I hope I'm the type of Christian that's obedient to Christ and the Holy Spirit and lets Him change me to be more like Him. The thing is, if you read Guthrie's article, that's not the type of Christian he's talking about. The type of Christian he's talking about is a progressive one or a fundamentalist one. Now, you can tell right away, if you read his essay, that Mr. Guthrie is biased towards the progressive type of Christian. He professes to be one and speaks negatively about fundamentalist Christians. But, you know, it's an opinion piece, right? So, you know, it's his opinion. It's not really news, (laughs) But he goes on to say that divisions between Christian denominations in this country have largely given way to a progressive and fundamentalist divide. And I believe he's got that much right. We Lutherans have a progressive and conservative divide within our own denomination. Sorry to break it to you if you weren't aware of that. But it's been like that for a while. So it goes without saying the whole Christian church in this country is divided on contemporary social issues such as marriage, sexuality, the environment, immigration, and abortion, which by the way, Guthrie refers to as reproductive justice. Man, I hope that tagline doesn't stick. You know, justice for whom exactly? 
but I'm drifting off point. What is my point? I'm getting to it. Guthrie says Christians must ask whether our faith compels us to embrace progressive or conservative values. Well, we don't have to ask that. We already know the answer. Of course, our faith compels us to embrace progressive or conservative values. The church in America has grappled with this since at least 1776. Some Christians were pro-slavery and others were anti-slavery. In two world wars, some Christians were pacifists while others promoted a just war. But Guthrie and those like him get it wrong when they say Jesus came into the world to announce his support for American-style democratic socialism and dedicate his ministry to the little monsters, which is Lady Gaga's term, for the outcasts and vulnerable for whom she ministers to. What Gaga and Guthrie seem to misunderstand or miss altogether is that all people are little monsters. Broken and sinful, which is why the church is divided on everything, theologically and socially. We are united in that we can all agree we are divided. (laughs) That's something. It's utter madness. And it's nothing to celebrate. Like I said last week, our diversity as Christians has nothing to do with our opinions on how people are to live. Our diversity is in our spiritual gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit, and that is something to celebrate. So is the diversity of the body of Christ, and that's what Paul is continuing further about in his letter. We heard him tell us we have various gifts from the Spirit, and now he shows us how we're all connected to one person, Jesus Christ. All the parts of the body... uh, All the parts of the human body are of one body. And notice who gets to be a member of this body of Christ. Everyone. Not just the oppressed and so forth. Because we were all conceived in sin, yet in baptism we were all made to drink of one spirit. And then starting at verse 14, you see how the body works. Each part has a useful function that shouldn't be ignored or go unused. They can't. They work in unison. Such is the church, which is why, on the one hand, we should acknowledge the work of our fellow Christians, such as Mr. Guthrie and Lady Gaga, what they're doing for the vulnerable, apart from the unborn, sadly. But on the other hand, be wary of this us versus them mentality in the church. Let's go back to the original question again. What type of Christian are you? Because of sin, we're going to be a mixture of progressive and fundamentalist types. We're going to be a mixture of believers with our own opinions about how we are to live. Thankfully, though, God, the Holy Spirit, is stronger, more just, more righteous, has more wisdom than us, is more pure and more holy than our brokenness and our division. In the midst of all that, 
He still unites us through Him to be members of the body of Christ for the common good of others. Christianity's future isn't bound or destined to look like any one person's version of it, whether they're a progressive or a fundamentalist, a celebrity or a politician. The future of Christianity is going to look more like Jesus Christ. He's the cabeza of the body, right? He is the Lord of the church. Our divisions are only temporary here. When He returns to make all things new, then we will all be of one accord in perfectness. And while we while we'll have a life to live forever and things to do, one of them won't be, at least from what the Bible says, <clears throat> we won't be ministering to a sinful world anymore. We won't be sinful anymore. So there won't be any arguing over how we are to live. And that's good news, my friends. And that's not something I heard Guthrie mention in his essay. I know as a writer myself, you know, you're under pressure to say what you want to say in three pages or less. <clears throat> but as a Christian, I mean, come on. Pro- proclaim at every pub- public opportunity that Jesus is more than a social worker. He saves people from an everlasting death. He forgives sins which hold people captive from peace and joy. And he restores a relationship between people and their creator. That's what he's done for you and for me. And as far as being a member of his body, being a part of the church as he established on earth, well, God arranges each one of us as he chooses, as you heard in the reading. Some of us, the eyes, some of the hands, the feet, some of us are teachers, elders, helpers, pastors, missionaries, and so forth. Be careful not to misunderstand this diversity of members, however. It doesn't mean, as in the case of the vulnerable in our society, the unborn, and those who are unable to speak for themselves, it doesn't mean that one member of the body seeks to silence the other while another speaks for them. If we're to understand, believe, and live out God's version of how we are to live, then the hand isn't going to be opposed to the foot and the eyes aren't going to be opposed to the ears. You see what I'm saying? That's chaos and confusion in the body and even more division. Sadly, we have that in our churches today in America, which goes flat against the face of this text in 1 Corinthians and many others of Paul and Jesus himself, for which, as a church, we must continue to repent. Repentance leads to forgiveness. And forgiveness is received from God and leads to restoration. That's what the future of Christianity looks like, my friends. So, what type of Christian are you? You may have your own opinion. But based on what God says, you are loved forgiven, restored. That's a type of Christian you are. And there's so much more to learn, for, uh, learn from this reading. I mean, I didn't even get much into the later verses of this text. You know, uh, 
I'll have to leave it there for now. Besides, the Spirit will show you and me a still more excellent way. More good things to come. So, stick around for the ride. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.